Recently, at a mayoral event in Georgia, a sign was placed on the door for the event that read Black Press Only. And according to NBC News, several white reporters were actually barred from coming in. Now, this story shocked many people because of the overt display of racism. But this story isn't unique. This kind of thing happens all the time. When I was covering the Ferguson riots, one of the Black Lives Matter organizing spaces had a room with a sign that read something to the effect of black people only. We've seen black only graduation ceremonies, black only festivals. And we saw what happened at Evergreen State with Brett Weinstein when a letter was sent out saying white people should leave. Now, when it comes to white separation, white segregation, or the alt-right, people often call them out and enforce policies against them, and rightly so. But when it comes to the issues of left-wing identitarianism, it's supported for the most part. In fact, The Guardian once wrote an article defending segregation. I have to wonder why that is. Today, let's take a look at the latest news from this event in Georgia and several other examples of segregation being implemented by woke leftists. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe to our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash subverse videos. The goal of this channel is to produce straightforward news, on-the-ground reporting, and expert interviews to cut through the spin and the bias to the best of our abilities. If you like this video, just share it on social media to help spread the news. The story that caused all of the outrage, only black reporters allowed in Georgia mayoral race event. White reporters were denied entry, while at least two black reporters and the publisher of a local African-American newspaper were allowed inside. The Savannah Morning News reported. Organizers of a meeting to discuss an upcoming mayoral race in Georgia barred reporters from attending unless they were African-American. The Wednesday meeting at a church in Savannah was held to try to unite the city's black community behind a single candidate for mayor in the November 5th election. Signs at the door said black press only. White reporters were denied entry, while at least two black reporters and the publisher of a local African-American newspaper were allowed inside. The Savannah Morning News reported television cameras and recording devices were also prohibited. The newspaper said the Reverend Clarence Teddy Williams, who organized the meeting, declined to discuss the entry policy. Mayor Eddie Deloach is seeking re-election this fall. He became Savannah's first white mayor in 20 years after winning the 2015 campaign. Elections for Savannah's top office are nonpartisan, meaning all candidates who qualify end up on the November ballot. Asked by WTOC-TV about only black reporters being allowed inside, Johnson said, it's not my meeting. Again, I was asked to come give a statement, and so I came and I gave a statement. Outside of what many people consider to be extremely racist, there's also other criticisms in that this is a public mayoral event. And it would be, by many standards, illegal to discriminate based on race. But more importantly, it's being held at a church, and churches shouldn't be engaging in politics. But local news ABC 22 followed up on the story. Why was only black media allowed at a community meeting about Savannah mayoral races? A Savannah consulting group held a meeting Wednesday to discuss supporting a single black candidate for Savannah mayor. Alderman Van Johnson was in attendance, and when asked why he decided to show up, he had this to say. This is America. People have the right to assemble and people have the right to determine the rules of assembly, said Johnson. Alderman Johnson said that he just asked to speak to share his vision for the city of Savannah. WJCL asked, we're not talking media versus non-media, we're talking black and white. He responded, I was invited to a meeting to give a statement. I came and gave a statement. He was asked again, would you go to a meeting if only white press was allowed to attend, said journalist Eric Curl. If I was invited to a meeting, and I'm sure that I will be, If I am, I will go there. Many of you may be wondering why I care about issues of identitarianism so much. And many of you who watch most of my videos know that I often beat the dead horse over and over again that I'm mixed race, 
My maternal line is part Korean. So many people often bring up that I mention that very often there's a very good reason why I do. Because regardless of the identitarianism, it screws over people like me. And I learned this lesson during Occupy Wall Street. When they formed what's called caucuses, groups that could vote on how they spent their money based on race. And though I tried to remain mostly outside of any activism, I asked, where would someone like me go? Someone of mixed heritage. And I was basically told, I'm not allowed to go anywhere because I'm too white and also not white enough. Now, during Occupy Wall Street, they didn't have any white-only spaces. But I can assure you, the white identitarians have said very disparaging things to me over time, and I've been told in no uncertain terms that I should not exist. So naturally, when I see these things playing out in public, I get rather alarmed. Unfortunately, the left tends to ignore this, though we are seeing some mainstream reporting and NBC News carrying the story, for the most part, It's defended by the media. In fact, The Guardian actually calls this not racist with a story from 2017, why there's nothing racist about black-only spaces. The controversy around a black feminist festival in Paris fails to acknowledge the differences between segregationist white spaces and subversive black spaces. While someone like me is going to tell you straight up, they're both segregationist and they'll create problems for everybody. The story starts by saying, I despair. Some white people have got so upset about their exclusion from parts of the Nyan Sapo Festival, an intersectional black feminist gathering scheduled for 28 to 30th July in Paris, that the mayor of the city called for the festival to be banned until organizers clarify details with her. And anti-racist groups have claimed that Rosa Parks would be turning in her grave at the event. In the same week that some men have kicked up a fuss over not being allowed to attend women-only film screenings of Wonder Woman, It seems a discussion is needed as to why spaces that are centered around marginalized groups, whether they be women or people of color, are not racist or sexist. Statements like that are hard for me to truly understand. No, I get what they're trying to claim, but from where I come from, it's just racism. I was once on a film shoot with one of the companies I worked for, and I was told by a Korean woman that I wasn't Korean enough to understand any of my heritage or to understand the plight of poor or minority communities which was extremely offensive considering these people have attacked and insulted me in the past. And that's the inherent problem with people who believe they are justified in racial segregation and identitarianism. Unfortunately, we have people entering Congress who put forth bills like the Green New Deal, the second page of which is mostly identitarian policy. And they're often defended in the media. And they even go after mainstream popular politicians We're now seeing Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and even Pete Buttigieg, who is a gay man being attacked for just being white men. This story from Slate was panned very heavily. Is Pete Buttigieg just another white male candidate or does his gayness count as diversity? This story the other day from NPR, no longer the default. Male candidates grapple with identity too. The story does bring up how Robert O'Rourke a fourth-generation Irish-American calls himself Beto. And then we have this story from the San Francisco Chronicle. Bernie Sanders, once viewed as a radical, now just another old white guy. These things have been happening over and over again. And for some reason, it is rarely called out by progressives or by Democrats. The Washington Post ran this story in 2017. Professor fired after defending blacks only event to Fox News. I was publicly lynched, she says. While we do see some ramifications for certain behaviors, the reason this woman was fired was more over her divisive and insulting language where she said, boo hoo hoo, you white people are angry because you couldn't use your white privilege card to get invited to the Black Lives Matter all black Memorial Day celebration. In 2016, Moraine Valley Community College, just south of Chicago, 
introduced black-only course offerings. May of 2017, Harvard University will hold first-ever black-only graduation ceremony. And then possibly one of the most notorious instances was the Evergreen State fiasco, which resulted in the ousting of Brett Weinstein and his wife, Heather Hying. This story from the Washington Examiner just last year, Evergreen State College students host no whites allowed event for a second year in a row, but at what cost? There were leaked chat messages pertaining to Charlottesville, where the alt-right was trying to figure out who would be a good journalist to watch when it comes to on-the-ground events. And someone mentioned my name. And someone quickly responded that I was mixed race, to which they removed my name from the list because simply because of my mother, my, my maternal lineage, I must not be a good journalist. It's particularly offensive then when we see the story yesterday when Ben Shapiro, an Orthodox Jew, is smeared as alt-right, and many people on the far left try to do the same to me, because these people certainly have no sympathy for someone like me either. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be a journalist and not do my job. But there's a big problem we're facing in this country, and that segregation is actually getting worse by several metrics, and it's never been fully dealt with. We have to struggle and fight to try and oppose racism and the internal behaviors we have. Unfortunately for us, the identitarian left is seen as anti-racist even when they're overtly racist, and they just keep doing things like this. It's too bad there aren't more outspoken people on the left who are willing to call out the segregation and the racial politics, identity politics, or otherwise. I think for the most part, people are scared. They're scared of the mob and they're scared of losing their jobs. They're scared of being branded as alt-right or white nationalists. They're scared of having their accounts banned because the left is, is doing this unchecked, unimpeded for the most part. There are people online who have been banned for the crude things they've said to the alt-right, like Sargon of Akkad, yet they will call him in the press alt-right. There's someone like Ben Shapiro who criticizes intersectional feminism and the alt-right and was just recently called alt-right. So I think for the most part, the left-wing identitarians have a tremendous amount of power, and they're gaining power, and it's going to get bad for everybody, and it's going to increase the amount of racism, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. I don't know the solution is, but I'm certainly opposed to it. This video was very, very opinionated because you can tell I'm particularly offended and threatened by what these people on the left are doing. I get it. The white supremacists and the white nationalists are terrible people, and they're doing awful things too, but look, Facebook took action against them. Some of these people are being banned from coming to the U.S., action is taken against them. Whether you agree with it or not is not the point. Whether it was right or wrong is not the point. The point is, there is one side in this debate, and it's the left gaining power and expanding their racist policies, and it results in segregation, which is not a good thing. At least I don't think so. Let me know what you think in the comments below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Minds at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. Eastern on this channel, and I'll have more videos on my second channel, youtube.com slash TimCastNews, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what to do about this stuff. I guess we'll see what happens. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.